This is the AMA Los Angeles podcast. Are you ready? Welcome to the AMA Los Angeles podcast. I'm Joel Metzger. We are in the offices of Redefine Marketing Group, and I'm here with Stephanie Fairman and David Roy. Welcome, guys. Thanks for Thanks having us. Uh, give me a thumbnail of Redefine. So uh, Redefine Marketing Group, we were formed in 2018. We're an internet marketing agency. Um, we mostly specialize and focus on SEO content and link building, but we also do paid search, email marketing, um, pretty much everything across digital marketing. So today we're going to talk about voice search. Tell me the difference between voice search and virtual assistants. So voice search is essentially any search that you do with your voice. Um, a lot of people, they kind of group virtual assistants um, searches into that. But virtual assistant um, is a search that is done with your Amazon Echo or Google Home. So that's specific to the virtual assistants that might be helping you with your daily tasks throughout your home. So as a, as a way of example, I heard you had a, recently you had a, a featured snippet. Right. So this is, um, this is an interesting example of how featured snippet results, which in the SEO world we also refer to as position zero, um, or you might know them as a quick answer. Um, but essentially, if you're performing a voice search query, this is what you're going to hear in Google. Okay, Google, what is the difference between DCM and DBM? Here's a summary from Redefine Marketing Group. The platform formerly known as Google's DoubleClick Bid Manager, DBM, is now called Display and Video 360 or DV360 and is a demand-side platform for buying ad inventory programmatically. If you're scratching your head over the differences between DCM versus DBM, we've got you. So tell, tell me about exactly what that was. That was a, it's something that you wrote that, mm -hmm. just, that just rose through the ranks and got translated yeah. into that. Essentially. So in order for um, something to rank in that position, it needs to be on page one, usually in the first or second position. So first what we did is we identified um, that blog was ranking for the keyword. What is the difference between? So we went back to it. Um, we re-optimized it so that it could we could push it from page two onto page one. So once it was onto page one, we went back and we re-optimized it so that it would be optimized for voice search. So it was kind of a two-fold type of re-optimization that we had to do in order to get it into that position. So when you re-optimize it, you hope that happens, but you're, you're yeah. basically you're, you're getting your chances better for that to yeah. happen. Exactly. There, there really is no guarantee um, that when you optimize a piece of content for the quick answer position that it will rank. And there's been plenty of instances where um, I have not optimized the piece for it, and it just ranks for the quick answer position. So ultimately... Google just wants to put the best answer there, and if you're the best person on basically the web to answer that, then they'll feature you. Right, and we, you know, like Stephanie was saying, we have no control over that. However, um, there are certain practices you can follow that will increase your chances of being in that position, um, and we do follow those best practices, uh, namely being as descriptive as possible near the beginning of the article. Well, let's talk in more general terms. Um, where are we with voice search right now in this voice revolution? So where we are now, I think, just in the very beginning, infancy stages, if you will, um, I know voice search is kind of like a really big buzzword within the industry, um, but I think where it's going is a lot more interesting. Right now, people are using it to find quick answers, to find information about local businesses, um, but I think where this is heading is really towards 
personalization and devices understanding more about that individual to where voice is taken more out of the equation, um, which we'll talk about more in a little bit, but it's, it's just at the very, very beginning stages. Okay. Um, so let's say you have a client uh, and you're trying to optimize for voice. What kind of changes are they going to have to make or you're going to have to make for them? Um, so David had kind of briefly mentioned some of the things that we do. Um, we try to answer the question as close to the beginning of the blog as we can, just so that the answer is right up there. And Google doesn't really have to try to scramble through the blog to find the answer. Is that, is that kind of, um, does that kind of apply for most SEO as well, having it top of... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and, and I think most writing in general, too, even journalistic mm, writing, sure. you want to put everything at the beginning. The inverted pyramid. Just in, yeah, just in case people don't make it to the end of the blog, you right. want you know them to get the information. Um, also, Google tends to like bullet points. They like um, concise paragraphs. Usually our paragraphs are like 300 to 500 words, like no more than that. Um, everything should be broken out into headings. Basically, just Google SEO best practices for content, as long as you kind of follow that and are writing a piece of content that um, a reader would like, then you're somewhat setting yourself up to rank for them organically. Okay. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it really does come down to basic best practices. Right now, a large portion of voice search is going towards local businesses. Um, what are the hours of such and such a location? Uh, what time does such and such a location open? Things like this. And there are best practices that local businesses should be following to make sure that they show up. Like your Google My Business account should be filled out and you should have all of your pertinent information there. You should be located on Google Maps. So if somebody wants to voice search how to get to your location, then you show up. Um, so a lot of it is making sure that the best practices are checked. I would imagine a lot of this for that kind of thing. Local businesses happens in the car because they're driving around and they're just, they, they're not going to pull over and type mm -hmm. it in. They're going to say, you know, ramen near me kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a matter of convenience, right? And that's Google's ultimate goal is just to make the, the uh, web experience as convenient for the user as possible. What would you say were the key differences between text search and voice search? Um, a really big difference is when you're doing a voice search, you're asking a question. Um, so a lot of the um, queries that we're kind of optimizing for would be, you know, where is the best ramen near me, like you said. Um, but you're not necessarily going to type that. You would probably just type ramen near me. Um, so that's, I think, one of the biggest ones. I think that's completely accurate. Um, definitely they're more, they're more personal, they're more concise, um, and they're more descriptive. Is there a way to optimize for that? sort of conversational language because you're absolutely right I would type in ramen near me but I would ask where you know where is ramen is there a way to optimize for that sort of language where is what's the best what's the difference that kind of thing yeah we do um, when we're trying to optimize for this type of search we a lot of the times do an article that that has the questions as headings um, and then underneath that we kind of explain or answer the question um, so that's one way to do it. Um, try to include the question, obviously, in the meta description um, if you can, just to try and boost your chances of ranking for it as well. What businesses do you think this sort of thing will, will really play a hand in? Um, local shops, anything that's kind of a brick and mortar with multiple locations, um, you know, mom and pop shops, pizza, restaurants. Um, one of our clients is in the appliance industry. Um, and they have locations throughout Southern California, so they would be a good example for this too. 
Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, right now, it's it's mostly local. I think it's going to go more towards um, national businesses, larger corporations, and I think the e-commerce vertical in uh, particular, especially, especially as devices learn more about the user and about their shopping experiences. I think you're going to see a lot more of it play out in the e-commerce side. Okay, so th- quick story. <laughs> I'm at my friend's house. We're both dog owners, and uh, she pulls out this dog grooming device and says, Joel, you should get one of these for Duke. Um, great. Two days later, and, and I know she has Alexa, and two days later, pops up in my Amazon, this obscure dog grooming toy that I had never heard of before is suddenly in my Amazon feed. So what gives? I mean, is, is, is Alexa listening to us and just uh, passively listening and just stuck that into my feed? So, I mean, if you ask Amazon, they'll tell you we're not listening. Um, but, you know, obviously it's really hard for us to say whether or not it's listening um by any chance did you search that after having that conversation absolutely not i was just flabbergasted to see this this thing i had just had in my hand two days before pop up and i I can't i mean i had never searched for any kind of dog grooming toy or no email back and forth or a chat can't think of anything (laughs) can't think of anything I think maybe it was a freak occurrence, but you really don't know. I mean, I um, I think you might be onto something. I've had multiple like weird coincidences like that. That's like too much to be coincidental. Like I'll see a, a billboard for an advertisement, and I'll go on like Facebook later, and I'll see like I'm getting targeted by the same brand, even though I've never conducted any searches about it. So it's like, hey, did they like somehow? know my location that I was driving by this billboard so they try to follow up right so it would I mean it wouldn't surprise me I mean come on like Jeff Bezos Mark Zuckerberg they're like the the stuff of Bond villains so there's there's something going on there I think I mean the thing is we'll never we'll never really know I mean they're not going to tell us until it's until they feel like telling us (laughs) but you know I mean I don't want to get out the tin foil but or anything but you know uh, there's a listening device in your home all yeah. the time and yeah. it'd be the easiest thing in the world to just uh, suggest something that they think you might need. Right. But, you know, I'm kind of the type of person that spy on me, listen to me as long as what you're giving me <laughs> and the ads you're giving me are actually relevant. I'm, like, give honestly, you. Like, I'm not trying to hide anything. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't care. And that's exactly <laughs> where we're going with voice search. It's just more information for them to collect on you. Like, you know, it's just it, they learn more about your habits, more about your interests, uh, more about your routines when you're going to buy something. So yeah, that data is getting collected and stored. And it's all for the sake of increased convenience, which some people like Stephanie said, they don't they don't mind making that exchange, right? For them, that's a, that's a positive exchange. So they'll, they'll give up some of their privacy in exchange for a more um, specific and targeted ad experience. Well, I'll get the tinfoil out and I'll give you some. <laughs> um, sorry, so let's talk about the future. Where do you see it going besides a dystopian Orwellian nightmare? What do you, so, <laughs> that, that's where I see it going, but go, you go ahead. <laughs> so ideally for me, I think of virtual assistants and I think of everything that they can do for me. Right now, my virtual assistant, I have it programmed to turn on the lights, turn on the thermostat, turn off the TV, all of that stuff. Um, thinking in the future, it would be awesome if, you know, Alexa knows that I leave for work at a certain time and they link up with Starbucks and they say, hey, do you want us to get your drink ready? Yeah, that would be great. And then you just walk out the door, pick up your drink. Or we have a Tesla. So it would be cool to just say, hey, Tesla, um, summon my car because Tesla has the function where it, it can, you know, drive out of your garage. So if I could, if it knows that I leave at a certain time of day every day, it could just summon the car for me. So ideally, like, I want virtual assistants to pretty much make every part of my life easier. 
Right. No, I, I completely agree. Um, I, I'm of the same sentiment. Um, I'm a big fan of convenience, and that's where we're headed. I think voice is going to be taken slowly out of the equation where they're asking us, these devices, hey, um, it's been one month. Uh, do you want to schedule a new haircut appointment? And I say yes, and they'll schedule it for me. And, I mean, this goes back to um, what Google released. I, maybe it was a year ago where it was a robot who called to make a hairdressing appointment, and the person on the other end couldn't tell it was a bot. Like, people listening to it yeah. couldn't tell it was a bot, right? It was flawless. Oh. It's it, just a turning it, test. It was right actually there. easier yeah. to understand mm -hmm. than a person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that's where we're going. I think voice can be taken out of the equation where it, it knows so much about our um, behaviors that it's, it's basically asking us these yes or no questions, and we're responding in the positive or the negative, and it, it takes care of it for us. Um, is there anything else you'd like to, to mention in the, in the world of voice? In the world of voice, like I said, like where it is right now isn't as interesting to me as where it's going. Um, I think as people use voice more often, the quicker we're going to see increased personalization and then increased autonomy of virtual assistants. Well, it's a great place to end it. Uh, Stephanie Furman and David Roy of Redefined Marketing Groups. Thanks for coming on the AMA Los Angeles podcast. Thank you so much for having us. It was great. You've been listening to the AMA Los Angeles podcast. For more information on the American Marketing Association's Los Angeles chapter and to find out about upcoming events, follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. This podcast was produced by Joel Metzger and Icebox Logic.